don't box God in by living in such a way that your calling has become your job or your identity, but let your calling be the way that you walk with him humbly and the way that you obey him. A root is the part of a plant that attaches to the ground or to a support, stabilizing and nurturing the rest of the body. And in Christ's church, there are roots as well. Scriptures, wisdom, and testimonies that testify to the character of God. They root us to Christ, stabilizing us because it is He who is doing the stabilizing. And in these episodes, we study the truth. We talk about scripture, we talk about culture, we talk about Christian living. But the one thing we want to encourage you vehemently to do is to seek out the truth for yourself. Go to the Bible, read the text, and pray that God might open your eyes to see him for who he really is. Let your maker root you to himself. All right, and I'm going to kind of intro into this part two of the conversation between me, Nauto, and Nicole Barrett. Um, You may have also noticed that I said vehemently differently than I have before. That's because (laughs) I have been saying it incorrectly up until now. A very nice uh, patron of the podcast uh, DM'd me on Instagram telling me how to say it correctly. It's not vehemently, it is vehemently. And I hope I'm getting that right now. And please, if I'm saying it wrong, please let me know. But anyway, I'm going to talk no more about words. We're going to hop into part two of this conversation. If you haven't listened to part one, you really need to, to get a grip uh, for what we're going to be talking about in this episode. If you haven't yet, listen to part one. And this is part two. And please enjoy. Now that we've thoroughly shredded, hopefully, this wrong way of interpreting (laughs) calling in the culture now. I would love your guys' thoughts and any sort of advice or teaching you guys have on how to hear rightly and how to listen rightly to the call of God and what things we can actually ask the Lord for and expect to hear back. Because I think going back to what I said earlier about where I felt God was being not faithful to me, there was an experience I had several years ago where I was at a conference with a friend. It was a Christian conference and it was really hyping up the last night of the conference and talking about how the spirit was going to truly move in the midst of this congregation and just kind of do a slain in the spirit type thing and have like everyone have a visceral experience of the spirit of God and the love of God and the holiness of God. And I was sold. I was like, what do I have to do to get that emotional experience because I was chasing that emotional experience of the Lord coming. I'm crying. I'm on the floor. I've seen it happen before and it's never happened to me. I was, even when I was younger at like different worship camps, I would see these kids having really emotional moments with the Lord, Mm -hmm. really seeming to experience something spiritual. And all I could think of is like, God, why don't you love me like that? Why don't you love me in that way? And like, make me feel something. Cause right now I just feel like I'm in my head, you know? Mm -hmm. So at this conference, Everything is hyping up to the last day and they keep saying like, well, God is going to move like only if you're expectant and only if like you're really expecting him to move and like only when your heart is in the right place. Mm. So I spent these like three days like really trying to modify my heart and getting ready for him to move. And the last day hits and like main speaker comes through, starts like speaking in tongues, screaming in spirit. And 
people around me start experiencing the spirit, you know, falling down. Some people are crying. Some people are screaming. It's kind of weird for me. And here I am with my hands open and I just see myself in this moment, looking back, just like getting so upset with the Lord Mm. as I'm standing there with my hands up, like, here I am again, God, like waiting for you to emotionally show up for me and make me cry, but I'm not. And what I did after that was I went, I I got in my car and I drove into like an empty parking lot and I just kind of yelled at God for a while. And I was like, God, why don't you like (laughs) do this? Because I thought this is what Christians experience. And um, what I had to find out about the Lord was that he's not like in the words of C.S. Lewis, he's not a tame lion. You know, he's not like, Mm. wait, how much expectancy does he have in his heart? Okay, I'm going to emotionally roll up now and make him like fall on the ground. And that's why I think I, I hold so tightly to these verses that I was talking about earlier and how there's real, there's a real way to glorify God in his word that I don't have to be expected and wait for. There's a way I can glorify him today. And that is by loving others and loving God and obeying him and his word. And that was a moment when like, it just wasn't for me, those emotional experiences, like God just didn't want to sanctify me in that way. Instead, he recognized it in my spirit that would become an idol for me. Mm. These like super emotional, weepy experiences before the Lord. I was chasing that and not the Lord and how he wanted to express himself. And so how can we, chase the calling of God for someone like me who wants to chase something emotional needs to learn that the Lord is bigger than that. Um, or for someone who is maybe more cerebral, more comfortable in that area and may not want to kind of take God up on that part of the Christian life. Yeah. I, I can respond in this way. We are all those of us who are saved, right? We're all sons of God with an inheritance, with a father, so, so all the boys, we're all sons, and all the girls too, we're all sons, Sonship. because because sons have an inheritance, <laughs> um, and sons have a rightful access to their father um, through their bloodline. But in the same way, all the boys and girls, we all get to be a bride. <laughs> so <clears throat> it all evens out in we the kingdom of God. We all get to be a little uncomfortable. <laughs> But yeah. I, I bring that up because you're talking about emotional experiences with God. Every encounter that a father has with his son is not going to be a highly emotional encounter. That would just be weird if you're out having <laughs> hot dogs with dad on a Saturday at the baseball game. And it's like, oh my gosh, son, you see that home run? And you're both crying and hugging each other. <laughs> like, that, that would be weird. And, and, and maybe that's your team. And um, <laughs> yeah, maybe that was a bad example, but you get what I'm trying to say. In the same way, this every hot dog is so good. This hot dog's so good <laughs> with the chili. Anyway, <laughs> stupid. Every moment of marriage is not this highly emotional, like, oh my God, I love you so much, PDA moment when you're driving down the highway at 65 miles an hour. And <laughs> I, <God>. I say <laughs> that to say, like, you need emotional moments with your children or you might be a bad parent and you need emotional moments with your spouse where you, you're relating to one another through your emotions and your, these like things that are inexpressible through words. You have to have that 
in order to to be close on on that relational level. It's a vital part of any relationship, even friendship, you know, and we're also called friends of God. Yes. So I say that to say communicating with God and hearing his voice a lot of the time is totally mundane. And for anyone listening that wants to kind of get like some hearing God's voice 101, there is this podcast since you're already listening to one, from (laughs) Garden City Church. And if you were to just Google Garden City Church, hearing the voice of God, it would come up. It's also on YouTube. Um, But this guy just kind of catalogs like these different ways that God's voice is heard throughout scripture and how you can actually practice hearing his voice. Because another one of the realities of it is, is like hearing God's voice, it's a spiritual exercise. Yeah. So it's not something you can rationally explain, like what you were saying, Alex, at this conference. You know, like if you muster up ten degrees of of faith in your body and like seven points of expectancy, <laughs> add those together and you'll get God's voice. Like it's not an exact mm-hmm. science because it's supernatural. Yeah. And so the first step for sure is believing in the supernatural aspect of God. I do want to share some scripture because I mean. Met quite a few people in my life that, you know, were raised in a way that didn't really talk about Holy Spirit at all. And I mean, Nalto kind of experienced that. Um, And so they they don't recognize Holy Spirit, one, as being God. He is just as much God as Jesus, just as much God as Yahweh. He he is all of those. Um, And then also not recognizing that the Holy Spirit still speaks and that he he delights in doing so and that we're asked to listen to him. Um, so I just want to read some scripture that very clearly supports all of those things, just so you can know like this is in the Bible. And if you aren't sure of that, then I really like genuinely want to challenge you. Like, why do you believe that? Is it because someone told you? Is it because it's the way you were raised or it's because it's something that you've read? Or is it simply out of, I haven't experienced this, so it can't be real? Because that is a super limited way to think about God. What, wherever you are now, there's more of Him. And so yeah. you can't assume that because you haven't seen it yet, because you haven't experienced it yet, that it's not real and that it's not for you. But I'm going to go ahead and read some scripture. Um, going back to um, Mary and Martha, this is Luke 10, 38 through 42. It really just talks about how Jesus is asking us to sit at His feet and listen to everything that He says. Um, Now, as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary, who was also seated at the Lord's feet and was listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do the serving by myself? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and distracted by many things. But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Jesus literally says it's the one thing necessary. And he points out two reasons that Martha is not doing that, that she's not receiving the good portion. It's that she's worried and distracted. She, She isn't in that posture of listening. She hasn't put herself in the posture to really listen. And I'm not talking about a physical posture. I'm talking about... Clear the clutter of your brain and truly allow yourself to sit and listen and be uncomfortable. And it's okay if you feel like you're talking to the walls for a little while, you know, because you're not accustomed to hearing his voice yet. 
And um, this leads us into the next passage, which is John 10, verse 3 through 5, talking about Jesus as the shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. Uh, to him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts all his own sheep outside, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. However, a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. And in the same way, Alex, if this was the first time I ever talked to you, and then later I was, you know, like in the mall or something, and you shouted something to me, you know, I would be like, who the heck is that? Because I've only ever heard your voice one time. But let's say, I mean, even if you shouted to me now, I would recognize you because I've known you for so long. But for a better comparison, if Nalto was to shout out to me anywhere, I have been with him for five years. We've been married for two. Uh, maybe we've been together longer than that. Okay, anyway. Um, but we've been married for at least two years. And so I know his voice and he could call to me anywhere. I would immediately know it was him regardless of what he said. Mm-hmm. And that's that really dives into the relational aspect of recognizing the Lord's voice. Yeah, You, won't, you probably won't recognize when he's calling out to you if you haven't really sat and made yourself familiar with the way that he sounds. And I'm not talking about like, physically sounds. The Lord does not always speak audibly to people. Um, He's never spoke audibly to me personally. It it almost feels like intrusive thought, but in a good way. That's the only way I know how to describe my personal experience with this. But I've recognized it in that it never feels like myself. Hmm. And you can recognize that it's Him by whether or not it's, you know, aligns with Scripture scripture. and, and, and other ways that are totally indescribable. But moving on. This is Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. This is John 14, 25 through 26. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. And later on in John, um, Jesus says this, John 16, 7 and 8, and 13 and 15. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I'm leaving. Jesus saying it's, it's better that I go. For if I do not leave, the Helper will not come to you, talking about the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment. Moving to verse 13. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. This is why I said that he takes from mine and will disclose it to you. So literally like three times in like three different ways, Jesus is saying, whatever I say, the Holy Spirit is going to hear me and say it to you. And that's like beyond what he spoke on earth, because that's why he said, it's better if I go. Not not only is the Spirit going to remind us of what Jesus said while he was here, he's going to show us what the Father is speaking now. And then these are just some passages about how the Spirit moves and acts, just to kind of give you more evidence of the fact that post-resurrection, the world that we live in now, the Spirit is speaking and he's sending and he's calling. So this is Acts 13, verse 1 through 4. Now there were prophets and teachers at Antioch in the church that was there. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, 
Manaen, I probably mispronounced that, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. While they were serving the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set Barnabas and Saul apart for me for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. This is Acts 18, 9-11. And the Lord said to Paul, by vision at night, do not be afraid any longer, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many people in this city. And he settled there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. So there we see two things, that the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks through vision, and also that he gave Paul a call that lasted for a limited amount of time, which we kind of talked about a little earlier. Then we have Acts 21, 10 through 13. As we were staying there for some days, a prophet named Agabus came down from Judea, and he came to us and took Paul's belt and bound his own feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews in Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and hand him over to the Gentiles. Going on, it says, When we had heard this, we as well as the local residents began begging him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul replied, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be bound, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Here we see that the Holy Spirit also speaks to people and through people. So we can also hear from the Spirit through other believers. In this instance, it's specifically from someone who is called to be a prophet. So you hear the Spirit through the prophets as well. And then uh, I think I have one more passage here. Sorry if I'm running dry with all this scripture here. Can't have too much, though. Right. This is another advan- uh, example of, of Paul being called um, to a place specifically. And originally, Paul's call was very general. So in Acts 22, verses 17 through 21, it says it ha- this is Paul telling his story to the council. It happened when I was returning to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple that I fell into a trance and I saw him saying to me, hurry and get out of Jerusalem quickly because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves understand that in one synagogue after another, I used to imprison and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of your witness, Stephen, was being shed, I also was standing nearby and approving and watching over the cloaks of those who were killing him. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So there we see the Spirit call Paul to the Gentiles. But then shortly after that, in the next chapter, Paul gets called more specifically when he continues his story. But on the following night, the Lord stood near him and said, Be courageous, for as you have testified to the truth about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify in Rome also. That's Acts 23, 11. So that's kind of a whole bunch of scripture about the Holy Spirit speaking, different ways that he speaks scripturally, some things that keep us from being able to hear his voice and what it means to posture ourselves to listen, and also a little bit about Holy Spirit calling us in different ways. Yeah, I love that the Lord speaks in um, different ways. I uh, was thinking the other day about that scripture where it's talking about how, I think it's Elijah who's on the mountain and Mm -hmm. the thunder passes and it's not the Lord. And then all this noise passes and it's not the Lord. And then it's a still small voice that the Lord is in. And a lot of people talk about that and they say, well, this is, remember, it's just like, this is the only way we hear the Lord is a still small voice. But then I was just reading in Exodus the first time that um, <laughs> the people of Israel meet God at Mount Sinai. Yeah. 
and it's literally it's like, still or and small. God descended on the mountain and there was smoke and lightning and thunder. Yeah. Right yeah. after he gives and the commandments, his voice is so loud <laughs> yeah. and thundering it's like that the Israelites are bomb. like, hey, I'm not going to go close. Moses, Moses you, you go. go talk. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. So I think it's funny when, when, any, when any limits of God's communication are put on him mm-hmm. because yeah. we see both. And I think... I would I would be very careful to anyone who's listening who's being challenged right now in maybe if you don't believe that the spirit speaks personally outside of his word to people I would be careful in putting constraints on what the spirit does that is not in scripture so because there is a scripture that doesn't say the holy spirit will stop speaking to people I would be really careful to put that on the spirit if there's not a scripture to back it up. What we do see in the New Testament is exactly like you're saying, Nicole, is the spirit leading and speaking and calling and uh, miraculous things happening through the spirit's empowerment. But to those like me who are listening that might be um, struggling and being like, well, what the heck? I don't hear the Lord. Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. So I truly believe that the word of God is sufficient for every good work, because in this verse in 2 Timothy, it is scripture that is breathed out by God, and it will leave the man of God competent and equipped for every good work. And part of that equipping for a good work is understanding God. And I believe that the character of God and the will of God is seen in scripture. So if you're struggling to hear the voice of God and you're struggling, what Nicole was talking about earlier is just like sitting and listening and trying to discern the voice of God, learn his character and learn his works and learn his will and his word. Mm -hmm. Um, And just as a comfort to you guys, Isaiah 55, eight through 11, I'll also read, um, this is God talking, obviously. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, mm-hmm. neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. So I noticed that first sentence, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. When I was at that conference, I thought logically, this is how God operates. And that makes sense for me because people are saying, and if I was God, I would do this, (laughs) but he didn't. And for others that maybe have never wanted to hear the voice of the Lord, His thoughts are not your thoughts and his ways aren't your ways. So he can Mm -hmm. do that and he does do that. And just as a comfort, when God speaks, it never returns to him empty. And when God speaks, it shall succeed in the thing for which he sent it. So the amount of glory that he gets from his word, either scripture or in him speaking to individual believers, or even in Paul's case, unbelievers who then become saints, um, it's not a weight on your shoulders. It's not a yoke on your shoulders mm-hmm. to then accomplish the thing that he sent it for yeah. because it is the spirit's empowerment. It is the spirit who is in us working and willing for us to do the will of God. And let that be a comfort to you. If you're really struggling right now, either hearing or even the concept of calling when God speaks, it does not return to him void and you're in the maker's hands and he decides 
how you are made and he decides how fast you're sanctified and he decides your spiritual progression. Not that we can't cooperate with that because we can definitely resist his pruning. We still have a choice. We can definitely, yes, we still have like an ability to resist. But the great thing is that he so consistently overrides that resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe it's in, I think it's in first Thessalonians, but I really don't want to get it wrong. It's one of my favorite little snippets of a verse. Um, It says, if we are faithless, then he is faithful. Mm -hmm. Where when we, even when we are lacking in diligence, even when we are lacking in the ability and the posturing, which are really good things and God commands us to do those. He is still faithful. Praise God that he does not um, measure his faithfulness to our faithfulness. We see in the word that he does not do that. So I just want that to comfort you guys that we can know the will of God in general. We can know his character. We can know his will. And he is in control. He sends out his word and it comes forth not void. Yeah. And when we are faithless, he is faithful and he will not let us be snatched out of his hand. So I just wanted to say that real quick because those verses yeah. popped into my head while you were talking. And scripture is such a vital tool that we need to be able to recognize God's voice because mm-hmm. it teaches us who yeah. he is. Yeah. Um, and it teaches us, you know, a little bit about what he sounds like. Um, yeah. It, with, yeah. Without he will never that, we contradict would, himself. Without that, that would be right. so much more difficult. Um, yeah. and, and you're so right that, you know, whatever the Lord seeks to accomplish in speaking, it will be done because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by His Spirit. And in the same way, we do have a responsibility to respond, but that's, Jesus says His yoke is easy and His burden is light. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah. say there's no yoke and there's no burden, you know? Right, right. There is a cost to this life. Um Sometimes there are really hard decisions that we have to make where we give up one thing for another. Mm-hmm. Um but really, this is an invitation, you mm-hmm. know, and and you get the choice to say no. But I just pray that we would be softened to to God, that whatever He's calling us into, even if it's something totally unrelated to this, like we're talking about calling. So whatever He's calling us into, I pray that we would see that invitation, that we would be soft to it, and that no matter what it costs, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, we would trust His character enough and trust his voice enough to say yes to that. Right. Um, yeah. And I think it really boils down to that idea, that idea of calling is discerning his will. And yeah. in the day-to-day decisions we're making, that's that walking humbly with him, is asking God, okay, show me. You know, and a, a super practical prayer is asking the Lord to show you his heart in scripture. Like even as you're reading, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't even have to be like the words of Jesus. It, all of it, all of it will point to his heart. And the more that we understand and the more that his heart is revealed to us, like Nicole was saying, the easier his voice is discernible amongst all the other yeah. distractions and, and noise and our own flesh um so so just pray that prayer like as you're journaling and and reading through scripture god show me your heart so that when we are faced with a decision to make about our school or our family or our work life that heart of god just becomes so second nature like it's just like a 
part of your moral compass um be, yeah. that you're you're able to understand what he's calling you to do whether it's mm -hmm. for a limited time for just that moment or for the next couple months you know don't box got in by living in such a way that your calling has become your job or your identity but let your calling be the way that you walk with him humbly and the way that you obey him yeah, yeah i think something my church has been talking about a lot recently is um well, not talking about a lot recently, but something that my pastor said that I've been thinking about a lot recently <laughs> is how now that we have become Christians, now that we are saints, the mm -hmm. commands in the New Testament are not an obligation. They are living in the blessing. Like we are no longer living in obligation. We are now living in the blessing. And basically what that looks like is we could get not an ounce more holy from today to the day we die. And the spirit still secures us a place in heaven. And that is how beautiful the gospel is. And that's how beautiful and far reaching the grace of God is. Yeah. That won't happen because the spirit is in us and we can't help but be sanctified when the spirit is in us. Right. Um, but now these commands in the New Testament, it's not just a new law. It's this blessing. It's this offering and these different callings that God gives us to um, do ministry and to spread the kingdom of God and to live a holy life. They are invitations to blessing. Yeah. Um, not blessing monetarily, not blessing health-wise, but blessing meaning just being happy and being right. full of joy. Right. Um, because I, I think of a, a beautiful illustration of the way God operates with his people is there's a father in one room and a mother in the other room, and there's a little daughter. And the father's in one room, and he has a book. And he needs to get this book to mom because they're going out somewhere, they're packing for a picnic or whatever, and he's got to get the book over to her. <laughs> And so he calls his little daughter over. He says, hey, can you go take this to mommy, please? And she says, yes, of course. And she takes it and she runs to the other room. Would the father really not be able to get right. that book mm -hmm. to the mom in the other room? Really? No, of course he could. Because in this analogy, the father is God. And the book taking is his will being like worked out in the world. Yeah. Of course, he can accomplish his purposes on the earth. He says, like, if you... Do not worship me. I could raise up rocks to do right. so. Like I could yeah. raise up rocks to glorify myself. But he takes immense joy and pleasure in inviting his children into his work and into his ministry. So um, he gives the book to his daughter, not as an obligation. Hey, if you don't take this book to mommy, she will never get it. And it's going to be on your head. He gives it to his daughter because she's like happy to help her dad. She's like, oh, of course I will. Yes, I feel so helpful. And it's for his daughter's joy as well as the mission of getting the book into the other room. It's both. If you refuse, I'll do it anyway. Yeah. But do you want to be included in this blessing? Do you want exactly. to be included yes. in this in this joy right. of actually doing my will and bringing the kingdom of God and living a holy life? is It's it's blessed to live a holy life. So Yeah, love motivated obedience, not guilt, shame, works motivated obedience. You know, like there's nothing we yeah. could earn. Amen. Amen. If you guys could summarize a couple of your thoughts throughout this podcast, because I know we've talked about a lot of different <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, sorry. So if you I could kind of, no, 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 please. <laughs> this is the best way conversations happen. This is why podcasts are so beautiful, because it's a long form way to explore difficult and often um, very tangly subject matters that bleed into a lot of different topics. If you could kind of condense um, what we've talked about, maybe some advice you'd give to anyone listening. What do you think the church should hear? What do you think would be helpful for people to apply to their life? 
um, from your own experience and from the scriptures that we walked through. What are your thoughts in kind of concluding this episode? I think for me, it's that your calling is not your career and it is not your gifting. And there is a universal call on all of our lives to walk with God. And in walking with him, there are several callings that we'll receive through our lifetime, but none of them will ever amount to our identity in Christ. And none of our callings will ever change our true identity in Jesus. Mm. That's how I could say it most simply. Yeah, to build off that, like any call that we receive apart from the call to love and obey Jesus, any, you know, like individual call to go or do something specific, hold that with an open palm. Mm -hmm. And to be more transparent, don't be so attached to that, that if it changed or if it didn't look like what you expected, Mm -hmm. that your world would come crashing down, you know? Um, That might be addressing an identity issue. Like really explore that. Mm. Um, And don't be sad, you know, like there's a way there's another side to that there's a way out of it and the good shepherd will guide you out of it and you will be so much more filled with joy when you do that thing that you love so much Mm. i still do music sometimes you know and i i love it so much now because and it took a while don't get me wrong i had to really not only with this whole spiritual thing but also just you know breaking off the chains of art school (laughs) um i i really enjoy it now because i'm not doing it out of this pressure I feel for approval from God or approval from people. And I and I don't feel like I'm failing if I'm not creating. I don't feel like I'm not achieving my purpose on this earth if I'm not performing or writing songs. I just see it as this really beautiful thing the Lord has given me to process and to express myself. It's kind of this place of repentance and prayer for me. Um, and also every once in a while gets to give me a little bit of financial help, you know, but I, it's so free now. And I love it so much more than I did before because it's light. It's easy and it's light. But one thing I really want to say is I I feel like for, for a little while there, we really talked about hope deferred. We talked about what happens when that thing you felt called to do or that someone said you were called to do didn't turn out the way that you expected um and i've been in that place and it's really hard and if you're listening to this right now and and you're in that place of hope deferred and you're in that place of what the heck is going on i want to just encourage you to really open your mind to revisit that moment that where you received that call and to ask yourself what you really heard, yeah, um, what was actually spoken, and and if it was spoken by another person, ask yourself what kind of calling were they talking about, and is has God ever affirmed this for me? Um, was it based on my natural talents? You know, like revisit that moment of receiving that call that seems to be making your world fall apart, and ask for the Lord to speak into it and revisit that place of disappointment for you. Yeah, and I also, if it's okay, I just want to pray for those people right now. Um, Yes, please. Yes, Lord, so we just acknowledge your presence with us here. 
um, where Nato and I are, where Alex is, where whoever is listening to this podcast is at whatever moment they're listening to it, Lord, you are there and you see them and you see their heart and you see their woundedness and their hurt and their confusion and you are not a God of confusion. You want to speak clarity, you want to speak comfort and you want to speak healing. So I just pray that if there is a moment in time um, where something was spoken over them that kind of set this train on its tracks, um, that you would bring that to your mind right now, to their mind right now, that you would revisit that and make your presence known in that moment. What were you speaking in that moment? God, and I just pray that you would give their minds clarity, that you that your spirit would give them judgment to know what exactly was spoken and what place it was spoken from, and give them discernment to separate the lies from the truth, to separate the culture from the gospel. Um, and I just pray that you would give them the strength to release whatever it is that they are clinging to more than they are clinging to you or more than they're clinging to the simple gospel god i just pray that you would show them your goodness show them that you're not a liar that you are someone that they can trust that they would willingly release those things to you knowing that your plan is what's best for them and that you have a plan for them that you want to use them you want to lead them but you don't operate in boxes So Lord, I just pray that you would come and you would tear down those boxes, that you would come and you would move freely and you would give them greater vision, wider vision. You would help them zoom out from where they are right now and speak your truth and your words of comfort and perhaps even redefine that call for them. There is somewhere specific you want them to be right now. You have this moment in time circled on a map for them and do you want to lead them so lord i just i just pray for those people those wounded hearts that you would go ahead and initiate that healing and that they would say yes to your invitation into letting go and walking in freedom and walking in the call that you've given them worthy of the call that you've given them And that they would know that your spirit is what's going to give them the strength to do that and nothing in and of themselves. So God, we just thank you. We thank you so much that you delight in using us and calling us and sending us. We are your sent ones. Yeah, and it's in the name of Jesus that we lift up these things to you. We lift up these hearts to you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nicole, for that prayer. Um, In summary, please don't put the character of God, the faithfulness of God, the mission of God on things that he has not said in his word. Like you were saying, Nicole, the, the call to love and obey Jesus is the primary call on every Christian, on every person's life. Right. Um, to know Jesus, to obey Jesus, and everything after that, exactly right, Nicole, open hands. Just hold it with an open hand because God is so much bigger than what we think he is, and he's so much bigger than the ways we see us glorifying him. So just wanted to echo that, and yeah, I don't know if I have anything else to summarize. I think you guys did a really good job of kind of summarizing it and concluding it, and thank you for the prayer. Um, 
That's <laughs> <laughs> so, it feels so weird to go into. And if you haven't yet, leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Yeah, how are you going to edit this last part? <laughs> no, I won't edit this in. This is real. I just I just wanted to thank you now, Tony Nicole, for coming on and talking so candidly and so well on um, the calling of God and the word of God and the way that he operates in the life of the Christian. Thank you for yeah. sharing a bit of your story. I would love to hear more. Well, I've heard more, but I would love for our listeners to hear more on hopefully a future episode about Nato, you being a gardener, Nicole, you working in um, a vineyard Super and fun. in wine. Yeah. Um, and how that has kind of panned out as you um, went to school to be music people, right. but then the call of God brought you to those um, vocations. And even though we started saying, the call of God is not a job, we did talk a lot about how the call of God influences where we work. Yeah, so yeah. I'd love to talk about um, that a bit on a future episode. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Roots. Thanks so um, much, really. Alex. Nicole and Nato, thank you so much for hanging out. It was so fun to have Thanks you guys. Thanks for trusting and... us. Yeah, <laughs> We're by no means experts on anything. Yes, and neither am I. And I want to, uh, please, anyone listening, you got to test all this for yeah, yourself for sure. through the scriptures. We're all still learning. Yes, we're all still learning. Do not take our words as scripture. Take scripture as scripture. Go to the Bible. Mm. Um, read the text. Pray that God might open your eyes. All that stuff. Um, but in my conclusion, I have to give the call to action, even though it's tone deaf after that, um, <laughs> that very solemn prayer with the water running in the background. Leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. If you guys haven't heard, um, I'm doing a $100 raffle um, for people that leave um, ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. All you have to do is take now. a screenshot of the, the five-star review that you leave on Spotify and, and Apple, uh, and I'll put you guys in the raffle. Um, so please do that if you are interested in entering. Uh, tell us where you're listening from. Go to Instagram, follow us at roots.pod. Let us know where you are, where you're listening from, as well as what topics in scripture would be helpful for you, um, for us to cover. And as always, go to the Bible, read the text. Don't take our word for it. Go to the, go to the text. And pray that God might open your eyes to see him for who he truly and really is. Let your maker root you to himself. That's it for today, folks. I'll see you later. The running waters are cat fountain.